I, I pinch myself every day because my hobby is my job and it's just all down to the fact that runners are awesome and they will show up if they say they will. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 89 of the On The Runs podcast. It is apparently going to snow, and they just canceled school, so all my Tuesday (laughs) plans just changed, but I am with you, Erica, virtually. We're going old school tonight. How are you? I am doing good. I mean, I still have to go to work tomorrow, so uh, I'm a little jealous of your kids there, but <laughs> I will be working, not looking forward to working the from home, as they call it. <laughs> I don't get to do that. I don't have a lab at home. Oh, well. I said I'll we're live. going old school. We're recording with the old recorder system because we just tried to record on Riverside and it wasn't working for you. You were all fuzzy. You were gone. You were there. You weren't. You were at 1% upload. See, it's upload. so weird when it it's so weird when it does that because I can see and hear you guys perfectly and I never knew I had any issues until you're like, oh, Erica's gone. And I was like, what? You I were gone. No you were gone for five minutes. So you heard her story then. We we, we had a guest on. I heard on... half of it. I heard half of it. Okay. So we had a, we just <laughs> we just had a, a guest appearance that you guys will hear next month in February. She was amazing. She She's <laughs> from uh, two different countries and she's been all around the world and she she was amazing. It, it it was great. But yeah, you were you you were there and you weren't there, Erica. And I was so pissed. Riverside. I'm gonna blame Riverside, even though yeah. it's uh, probably my Wi-Fi. But I don't know. I haven't had issues in a while. Uh you know what? I'm not gonna blame you. I'm gonna blame Brandon, who's probably downstairs video gaming or something right now and taking no, up all the, the bandwidth. The- He's doing the same thing he does every time we record. He's watching. He he is streaming, but we have. I've never had this issue. Well, it's been a long time since we've been had a long this time. Issue, Last so. time, I don't freaking yeah. know, man. Yeah, it's all right. We got. We have options. We're going old school. Yes, but we are still on a high right now from our trip Ugh. in New York City over the weekend. <laughs> I oh, I still can't get over that, man. That's what I did earlier today. I was like, you know, I got to get a run, and I took the run. Of the class that I took <laughs> on Saturday. No so. way, the Andy class. <laughs> I yeah, I had to see how it was, and it was just as hard as it was actually being there. But seeing myself on camera, I'm just kind of like, oh. <laughs> so I feel so much stronger than I look, you know. Oh, so I have the like same that. thought about the way I look and all the pictures and everything. But I feel good. You feel good. Adeline actually yeah. jumped on the bike and she took the class we were in with Matt. No and it, way. Yeah, it was kind of well. She took it. She basically just played it to see me. So now I have another okay, bike yeah. ride. I'll have to delete that one later. But yeah, she did that, and that was really cool. So we were just in New York City. We had so much fun. There's so much to talk about. We already recorded the episode, though, and you guys will hear it in a couple of days. I need some time to edit it. But it was so much fun with uh, Terra Pterodactyl recording that. The whole entire weekend was just a blast. And I think we have to give the shout out to Peloton, Matt Wilpers, uh, Josh Vernon in Wicked Smart Zone, and just everyone, oh, yeah. our tour guide, Hannah. Like, we had an amazing weekend, and it was because of all you guys. Oh, we had a, an absolute blast, and you—you you guys pretty much made our made our whole year so far. <laughs> like, how how do you go up from there? It's been a oh, strong man, start. We, we January a been a strong start to twenty twenty four. It's been mostly oh, yeah. it Peloton. It was a whirlwind. It went by so fast. I like, know. Whew, 
we had so we had Bex Gentry to start the year, and now you know my top five on Peloton instructors is taking its uh form. I guess it was always Matt mm-hmm. Wilpers. We know that number two yeah. is Bex because Bex is Bex and she's amazing. I think our one and mm-hmm. twos might flip flop there, and then the other yeah. one I had Olivia, and I really only had three. I had three. I have two more now in the top five. Do tell. We didn't even meet them, but Hannah Corbin and Susie Chan have made their way into the top five, and I didn't even take a class of theirs for them to do it. They found – so the, here's what's cool. It's not like they just saw that someone was tagged and they liked one of my posts. They liked multiple of my posts. <laughs> and to like multiple, in my mind, when you see one, you have to go into – our profile and be like, Oh, I like this. Or I like that. Or they had Bex on. I want to listen to this reel. They all liked at least four. So the first one was yesterday. You saw that Hannah liked our post. Oh yeah. I was pumped. And Hannah's always been up there for, for Peloton instructors for me. Cause if you haven't taken a bar class with her, be prepared for your muscles to burn. It is an absolute incredible workout that she does. And she's just so fun. Her personality is awesome. And I can see why she gets along so well with like Bex and, and all the crew. And Susie Chan has been up there for running instructors for me ever since she debuted. I think she's just amazing. And even off Peloton, she's a crazy ultra runner. And I'm like, you, you are my people, Susie. So happy, happy to have you on the, on the runs account well we might we might know somebody who knows Susie. we'll get to that in a minute Mm -hmm. but i want to go back to hannah here's my theory how hannah found us when we were in the peloton studios we brought gifts for bex and denise denise was the communications manager so we brought these Mm -hmm. like you know the poly mailers i had we put stickers magnets uh t-shirts in them in there for them we put um we wrote They're a definitely note. Definitely flashy. <laughs> right. We we wrote a note. So my theory is this: the guy goes, "We are going to go put this in the green room or in the dressing room, whatever, for Bex." And I'm <laughs> thinking, ah, oh, Hannah must have walked by, saw the on the runs polymailer, and was like, oh, "What is this? What is this, this? interesting little poop emoji with feet?" <laughs> so then she, I'm thinking, she looked us up. That's what I'm thinking. I don't, it's probably not true, but that's what I'm going to say happened. Either way, it's really cool. So we appreciate the extra, I guess, traffic on our, on our uh, Instagram page. Cause that's, that's just really cool. Yeah. I think it's awesome. The other one was Susie Chan and Susie mm-hmm. Chan interacted with our Instagram today because our guest on the podcast today is a very good friend of hers. And his name is Mike Seaman. And Mike Seaman is the CEO of Raccoon Media. Do you know what Raccoon Media is? Probably not, but you know what you do? But you will. (laughs) You will. And you know what you probably do know? You know about the Boston Run Show, and that is put on by Raccoon Media. How cool is that? We were so privileged to get a chance to talk to Mike. The one thing that I have to tell you that got me about him is him running the London Marathon in a tutu. And I was like, you are good people, Mike. I want to hear more from you. I think we're going to vibe. This is going to be a great guest appearance. We this was really cool because the the run show reached out to us to have Mike on and we said we'd love to. But Absolutely. one rule, mm-hmm. we want it to be just like every other guest appearance. We want we want to hear a story. We'll we'll talk all about the run show, but we want to hear about his journey too and his running stories because when we looked him up to, he had some great posts there. He runs every day. I was mm-hmm. like, we just want to have 
a normal episode for you guys and not have it sound like just a come to the run show, but you're going to learn how passionate he is about this run show. And when he told this story, I had all the feels because it's just like me editing this podcast, putting out the first couple and being like, are people going to like it? Are people going to come? Are people going to listen? Are they going to stay? He's so passionate about this run show. And I can't wait to go in about 10 days from now at the, uh, in, in Boston at the Heinz Convention Center. Oh, yeah. You can just feel the love radiating off of Mike. He he is very passionate about what he does. And I mean, if what is it? If you build it, they will come. That's right. Field of Dream. That's right. Yep. Or Wayne's World. And, you know, book it. They will uh, come. <laughs> exactly. But this one's bound to be the best Boston run show yet. So let's let's go, people. We got to We got to check out Mike's interview first and then we'll see you in a couple of weeks at the actual run show. That's right. So you guys are going to love this. One thing you'll notice, my voice, again, still raspy as I talk and talk and talk. This was in the prime of my sickness. So I had the most amazing podcast voice of all time when we had Mike on. But it was still a lot of fun. And I powered through. And then do you remember? Okay, so you're you're having Riverside issues now. I had a Riverside issue then. So... It was That's uh, right. yeah. Mike took over. He's the new he's the new co-host, so you've been replaced. <laughs> not Mike not only is Mike the uh our guest today, he is also the new co-host of the On the Runs podcast. So guys, <laughs> enjoy Mike Seaman on the On the Runs podcast and we'll see you on the other side. Our next guest on the pod is coming to us from across the pond. He is the CEO of Raccoon Media, the company that puts on the Boston Run Show. He also runs in ultra marathons, doing some crazy things just like Erica, including 100 milers. We are super excited to have Mike Seaman on the On The Runs podcast. Mike, what's up, buddy? Hey, mate. How are you doing? You good? I'm good. I'm good. I'm getting my voice back. It's a little raspy. I lost it over the holidays, as to be expected with kids in chaos. But uh, I'm great, man. Thanks for coming on. We've been there. I'm I'm fighting off a, a Christmas cold, as I call it, which may be referred to as a hangover in the US, I think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a nice holiday then. That's good to hear. <laughs> my raspy voice might be slightly contributed to beer consumption as well. So... <laughs> <laughs> Drinking while sick, you guys. That's right. Hey, I saw on Christmas you and your brother were you guys racing lawnmowers or something in the backyard? <laughs> Look, right, <laughs> that may have happened. Uh, so yeah, I, I visited my brother on Christmas Day. We had a few beers. He had a lawnmower, and you know what are you going to do? It was there. All I could say, Mike, is you fit right in with us. Like this, <laughs> this is the kind of stuff we're here for. Like you know, if there's a ride on lawnmower and there's booze in the house, you know, things have got to be done. Right? As long as nobody gets hurt, I'm all for that kind of fun. <laughs> Next thing you know, they'll be riding the lawnmower down the street to get more booze to bring back to do more lawnmower races. You know oh, what? Be fun. <laughs> this is a random story that I feel like I have to share right here. When I was a senior in high school, you know how they do the superlatives like like best dressed, best car, whatever. There was a kid that I went to high school with, lived across the street from the school. He drove his lawnmower, like riding lawnmower to school on the first day of school and won best car. <laughs> Who does that? Like, <laughs> no I, way. That's a, that's a baller move right there. That's pretty cool. I like this guy. I want to be friends with that right. guy. Right. <laughs> I'll put you in touch. <laughs> How was your holidays? We just got through the holidays. How was it with the family and the kids? You have a couple kids, right? Tell us about family life back at home. 
Yeah, it's great. It's um, my kids are ten and seven, so it's kind of it's that magical time, isn't it, where they 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 love every minute of it, and they've they're just full of excitement. And you know, I haven't slept a wink. They were told they couldn't wake us up till six a.m. So at five fifty nine, they were stood at the end of the bed, like they're ready. Staring. They're ready to go. They're like watching uh, the clock. Go. This is teaching them yeah. to be punctual <laughs> as an adult. So I think they're they're getting some good training. Yeah, they were pretty damn punctual. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Erica would know about this because she doesn't have little kids. But um, in the US, a big thing here is Elf on the Shelf. Do you have anything like Elf on the Shelf out there in the UK? Yeah, so we 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 got caught into this thing, right? And it's it, for those people who don't know, it, you get these. We have two, and these elves. When the kids go to bed, they do something overnight, and they wake up, and the kids get very excited. Um, Isn't it we mayhem? Were not to- <laughs> they just cause trouble. <laughs> Do you know, you know, you know, when you get into something, you're like, oh, Christ, I've got to do this for like the whole of Christmas. Mm-hmm. All month. And you'd start. But one night we'd had a, we did it the other day, we'd had a couple of beers and um, Emily, my eldest, she put the elves on the Christmas tree because apparently that makes them hyper naughty. Uh, so we thought it'd be really funny to like move the car. So it looked like the elves had like joyrid in the car across the lawn so we put like loads of leaves and trees and branches on it and a bottle of wine in the passengers i'm not sure this is a great <laughs> role model story for kids um but yeah we we probably staged the whole thing and they they just thought it was absolutely she's like i'm putting them on the tree every day i'm like no no, no this is a one-off like this is not a plus for creativity that's amazing <laughs> i'm here yeah, for the story it's, I'm not sure what, it was great I'm not sure what lesson I'm teaching them, uh, or if I'm a good parent, but you know, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, we elf on the shelf. It's it's a thing. It's like in the morning, you wake up. Did you move the elf? Did you move it? We uh, December first came around, and we couldn't find the elf. So I ran to Walmart and got a new elf, and then we found it before the kids came home. So I never had to open it up, and I got to return it and get my thirty five bucks back. But yeah, the elves do some crazy things. The one I wanted to do but didn't get to do was I wanted to freeze the elf in a cup. And then take a little Elsa doll and make it look like Elsa was freezing the elf, like frozen. (laughs) So next year, that's on my list, but that will take some work because then I'll have to uh, de-thaw the elf before Mm -hmm. the next day. So, yeah, man. Yeah, no, Christmas was fun. Your elves went and uh, took the car out and and went for a joyride. That's (laughs) wicked awesome. But yeah, thanks for coming on. We let's get to know you, Mike. You are from the UK. You are our second guest from across the pond. Second in three weeks, by the way. Oh wow! Uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us where you are from and growing up. What life was like for Mike as a kid into uh, where you are today? Oh wow! Okay. Uh, so, I, well, I live in Surrey, which is kind of like an hour south of London. So, I was just saying to Erica, it's kind of like if you get on a train from London. And you get to the point where people start being polite and you can see trees. That's the bit where I live. Um, it's, uh, um, but yeah, growing up, I grew up in a place called Derbyshire, which is kind of like the countryside in, in it's, it's the middle of the country, but sort of East Midlands. Um, and yeah, I was just like pretty, pretty normal kid. Just me and my three brothers and my mum, my three brothers, and my two brothers. I just invented it along. Um, is that one no one knows uh, about? Yeah, we <laughs> yeah, that secret one. He's an elf. Uh, it's but no, we um, yeah, we're just pretty normal. Like, uh, wasn't particularly great at sport. Like, was okay. I was kind of, I could kind of play most sports to a to a reasonable level, but I was by no means like into running and anything like that. And actually, at school where we grew up, kind of running was it was kind of a punishment. Mm. 
Um, if if the teacher was annoyed that day and couldn't be bothered to play, take your football, which you guys call soccer, um, then it'd be like, yeah, guys, just go and do cross country, which is run over there and then run around <laughs> there and come back. Like half the guys would stop halfway around and start smoking, and then like it was just <laughs> running was running was not something that was encouraged, and actually that's really changed. So it has. my kids when at, at school they do a daily mile now. Oh. Um, so running's a real part of. It, it's kind of encouraged, it's enjoyed, and they've got things like Park Run over here, which I know you're starting to get over there, which is kind of a free weekend 5K. Um, so the, the attitude's really shifted, but running was not a thing when I was great. Did you guys run when you were growing up, not or was me. it kind of... I never got into it until after college, So, but he did. So I, I did run cross-country, but I only ran to get in shape for ice hockey because I was an ice hockey player. But you were right where right. running was like punishment for say yeah. you played baseball and you you weren't doing a good job throwing playing catch and if you didn't catch the ball, go do a lap around the field. It was like that was mm. punishment. <laughs> and football or soccer or football for you, it would be like go do laps. If you can't do this, go do laps. You're out of shape. It would be like punishment. I think in a way it would be to get you in better cardio shape, but it felt like punishment. You're right. And we did one mile my, at high school or in school only once a year. And it was like everyone dreaded it. I loved it, actually, but everyone dreaded it. So the thing was, I could run. I was because I used to play football. I, I loved soccer. I used to I loved football. I would play it. I would get home from school. I would go and play football on the park until my mom called us in for dinner. Then I go straight back out and we play until the sun went down. And I would do that as many nights as I was allowed and the, the sun would go down it'd be dark and it'd be like yeah we're, we're going home now and I'm like but it's it's 27 all we need to find who's gonna win <laughs> like and I'm, I've still got the end I, I could still run but I just I just didn't enjoy it because running wasn't a thing and football was kind of a game and I, I kind of like the game bit of it but yeah it, it, it was sad really that we didn't push running more because I think I would have enjoyed it so one of the, the, the guests we just had on a couple weeks ago Bex Gentry she was talking about school in the UK and how sports really weren't a big deal. Here, here's the example. Americans on this side of the pond will be like, yeah, I played D1 hockey for Boston College or I, I ran track at uh, Colgate. But in, in the UK, she's like, um, you'd go, oh, I studied business law at Plymouth versus you wouldn't really talk about the sports. So was sports was big, I guess. Sports is really big here in the States. But was it just like kind of a part of the everyday life in the UK, but not really pushed? Or is that changed today? I, so I, I used to do, at the school I was in, we used to do PE, as we called it, which is physical education, yeah. um, twice a week. Like, which now blows my mind that that's all you got. Like, and you get an hour. And there'd be some people in my school who, who dreaded it. Mm. And it was like their worst day. And I loved yeah. it. And it was like my most, because I loved games and I loved playing right. and I loved being in a team. I was never particularly brilliant at anything, but I was kind of all, I was all right at most things. I was decent at racket sports. I could play enough at football to sort of get around. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't something that you would boast about unless you got to a professional level. I mean, if you were in a professional sports team, then obviously you were kind of king of the hill but that that's that was very rare whereas school sports and college sports and i know how big college sports are in the us it's just not a thing it's not a thing um and actually you know if you if you played for a local football team and your parents came down and watched it and they got over enthusiastic on on the sidelines and that was kind of pretty frowned upon um and there are definitely some dads that do that and my uh, i remember my dad came back to watch me i didn't grow up with my dad but he came back and watched me at a football match and 
was very over enthusiastic on the sideline <laughs> and and it was kind of pretty cringe and quite embarrassing and I was kind of pretty mortified by the whole thing. <laughs> we have a lot of those parents here and you can find them all on YouTube. <laughs> basically yeah <laughs> don't want yeah. to embarrass you kids and let, yeah, let's set idea. one thing straight it is football we're gonna keep calling it football as it should yes. be mm-hmm. uh we're not really soccer people either but we're not really Well, that was my sport growing up it was yeah so but i just never it never turned into the running thing for me like i would have to do like wind sprints and all that and yeah, it, but it I gave think, me some endurance, but yeah. I think the NFL should change their name to the National Handball League because they don't play with their feet. I'm, I'm with you. You know, it, it, Petition, you know. yes. <laughs> but all right, let's. this is a running podcast, man. I, I love getting to know you and we can keep getting to know you, but I think you're a lot like us, okay? We're, we're, we're average athletes. We're, we're, we're runner enthusiasts and we like pizza beer food all all the same things we'd get along great the little so joys did, in life right <laughs> yeah so you eventually found running and i think maybe it was because of the pizza the beer and the food how did you find running later in your life yeah do you know what it is it's kind of at, when i was a teenager i could eat anything and and i did um and i i, I would just i just lived to excess in everything that I did. And I went to university and I just had the best time of my life and, you know, made really good mates who I'm still friends with now. And we partied pretty hard and, you know, lived to excess. And I came back and I realized that I no longer had a chin. (laughs) Um, And I just, uh, I was just, you know, there was no gap uh, between the jaw and the neck. Uh, And, and I was kind of like, I need, I need to sort this out. And I, I played a bit of squash and I, I got, you know, I was got okay at squash. Um, but that wasn't doing it. And I was, I was hitting the gym and that wasn't doing it. And I kind of thought, I better do something about this. And so I started just running around the block mm-hmm. and I would never run anywhere that wasn't lit. And I'd, I'd always run on where there is a pavement, pavement or a sidewalk. Um, and, you know, I would just, run these little circles at maybe about a mile a mile and a half and I thought it was the furthest thing in the world and I thought I was an incredible athlete um and and I was just doing it to try and get rid of you know the beer and pizza that was settled around the middle of me um and yeah it just it started with that and then we as a group of us did a few things I think we did like a 10k or a 5k and you know how it happens you just it just escalates and <laughs> then all of a sudden my mate's like Hey, I'm I'm doing the Paris Marathon. I was like, I could do that. It's like no with complete arrogance. <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm a legend. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it was um, it wasn't as easy as I thought it was. Uh, I did not train properly for that at all. But that was that was my first marathon, and I went and I did it, and it was horrible but brilliant and fun and awful and hilarious and shit all at the same time and uh yeah I, I just I, I really had a great time but I realized how bad I was at the end of it in terms of my feet were shredded I, I, I hadn't even bought like running shoes I I had this pair of do you have a brand called high tech I know I what high know tech is yeah I have a, not heard of them oh yeah I don't really think, think of them as a running shoe sports. though no I don't think they think of them as a running shoe either <laughs> I think they <laughs> These things were like twelve pounds from like a cheap shoe shop or whatever it was, and I I just assumed they'd be good. I didn't have proper running socks; I just had whatever. And uh, I got to the end of it, and my feet were in 
bits and it was you know one of the guys i ran with he would he had he had a really hard time but in paris towards the end there there were guys giving out pints of cider mm. so he sculled a pint of cider put the glass on his head and he finished the race and he said it was easy from then on <laughs> it's like so ultra fueling right um, that, yep. but that that was it that kind of gets you into it and then it just sort of escalated from there really so what year was this when you ran uh paris marathon I actually don't know. Uh, Have you run at Erica? I've not done Paris, no. Okay. So I think I might go back again this year, actually. Mm. I'd quite like to go back and see it. But I reckon I reckon it must have been about 2012, okay. maybe. Um, yeah, so a, a little while ago. So you, and it felt like... Go, go ahead. So you've only been running for like, uh, well, it's, it's 2024 now. So about 12 years or or a little longer than that? Uh, probably a little long, but that was kind of that felt like the pinnacle. Mm. That felt yeah, like okay. I I climbed Everest. So Paris was a and big learning was... experience for you, though. <laughs> yeah, but I came away and I thought I was a superhero, and I was like, I've run a marathon. I'm in the top one percent of runners. I'm a legend. Mm-hmm. And then I realised I'd run it really slowly. Um, <laughs> and it was, and all, all anybody ever asks you when you run a marathon is, how quick did you do it? And I was just like, ah. Oh, it, it, it kind of took a bit of the gloss off it, mm-hmm. and it, which is ridiculous, really, because a marathon is really hard. Oh, yeah. And I'll say this Whichever a lot. Whichever way you slice it, it's, my... you're still doing the 26.2. Yeah, and it's and I say this a lot to a lot of my mates when they, they train up for a marathon, and they go, oh, it's only a marathon. It, it's never only a marathon. A marathon is an insane distance, and it's really hard. And you should be anyone who does one is should be utterly proud. <laughs> but, yeah, I kind of – it kind of took it tarnished it a bit once once I realized that I hadn't done it properly I hadn't done it fast enough in my head um and actually to be honest I think a lot of it was quite miserable (laughs) (laughs) although I did when I crossed the finish line I kind of got this rush of emotion which I very rarely get which was kind of like oh man I I I could cry it's like because you know you're so empty and you're so but you you feel like you've achieved this thing that was impossible mm-hmm. and, and you get there. And it- well, you showed yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At some point it does feel that way. My first marathon, I was miserable the last four miles. I'm like going through IT brand syndrome. And, and all of a sudden this guy, his name's Miguel, this, this white van, it was a van he was working for the company putting on the race. The door opens up and this guy just walks out with his arms up and gives me this big hug. And I'm like, Oh my God, I could die right now, but I'm going to run to you. <laughs> Because it was just like, oh, I got it now. And he gave me this big hug. So I wasn't crying. I was just giving out hugs. Yeah. I'm not crying. It was just sweat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 It's not tears. I swear. I'm just, I glisten. Full Salty disclosure, glisten. I've cried in a few of them myself. So no shame. Emotions are oh, running wild you know, at the end of that. We'll get into this. I've had some I've had some proper breakdowns on 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 runs, but I, the thing after the first marathon as well was I, my legs didn't work for like three days. Uh-huh. Like and then nothing worked. I was so tight and crunchy, and I was just like, I, I've 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 climbed Everest. I've done the hardest thing that I could ever do. And then I read that bloody book by Dean Carnazes, um, <laughs> which is. It, I don't know if you've 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 read his book, but I mean this is it ultra marathon man. Yeah, just ruined my life. Uh, it just made... <laughs> that guy's a machine, though. Like you can't take his word for it because he can just go and go and go and go. So he's he's superhuman. Well, and and we've been lucky enough to meet him through through the running mm-hmm. show, and and 
and he's a, an amazing amazing guy and and was so generous to me so when i set up the show he, he actually did an interview with me to help promote the show That's just it. for nothing just just a bore. um and but i read his book and i was just oh and then the competitive side kicks in you're like well you know maybe i could try a little bit more and it was so i set myself this task of like every year i'm going to do i'm going to do something to raise money for charity because i raised quite a lot of money doing the paris marathon mm-hmm. but then all my mates were like well you know, you're doing another marathon. That's it's not that exciting, isn't it? So I did like two or three more marathons and then it was kind of do them in fancy dress. So I did I, I did a, one as an elephant. I did one as a Lucas A bottle. Um, the, the Lucas A bottle was ridiculous. It was like eight and a half feet tall and it rained. Is there a picture of this? Really I got to find this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there is. I'll send you one after. Right, it's, yes. It's, uh, it was awful. And this thing was, it, it got really heavy when it was wet and then it got hot and then it started steaming inside. Oh, and it's no. like, this is just rich. And I think they were doing it as like a brand promotion thing. And they had like a, a cheer station at like mile 20. And I came past mile 20 and they were like waving and hooting. And I was just like, <laughs> uh, like, I'm not, I'm not liking my life right now. But yeah, it seemed like a good idea. Did you have to do any training in the costumes before? I was or just going to ask. It? I'm like, how do you do that? Oof. Well, so by this point I was running pretty well and I did a few like half marathons in it and I'd, I'd rock up to like half marathons, do like a 145 Ooh. in a Lucas A bottle. <laughs> and impressive. I'd be like, I'd be like smashing past people. I'd be like, "Come on, don't let the bottle beat you!" And it was like, uh, and it was, and I was just, I loved it. I had so much fun with it, but it was. I could just picture. I, actually, I could just picture this. Like, it's bad enough when people pushing strollers pass you, just like zooming right by. But being, I can't, I can't even think about being passed by a giant like bottle. Well, so I, I, I love running a marathon in fancy dress. Is I think it makes you go faster. Um, I did. I did London last year, the year before last. Sorry, um, and I dressed it. My daughter got. To, I said, "You can pick. I'll wear whatever you want." And so she That's got dangerous. some fairy wings and a yes. tutu and all of it. Uh, uh, and uh, you know, I got proposed to twice. I, I didn't realize I was attractive to men, but uh, apparently, I am. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I'm all about that. I'm I tend to wear like sparkly skirts and stuff when I run, so I 100% approve of your <laughs> your dress choice. So 100%. If you're not going, you know, I'm not a fast runner. I like if you if you're just going to have fun and enjoy yeah. it, oh, yeah. like do it in fancy dress because you get so much banter from the crowd and it just it makes it such a better experience. I agree. Did you see, I just just popped up in my head, Erica, New York City Marathon last month or a couple months ago, some mm-hmm. guy ran as a Dunkin' Donuts coffee cup. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, he no ran, way. like, he built his own costume, he was a coffee cup, and then, like, Dunkin' Donuts saw it, and they gave him, like, free Dunkin' Donuts for a year. That's it? <laughs> just a year? Wait, hang on, what? Okay, let's do this. I will run Boston next year dressed as a Dunkin' Donuts coffee cup if I get free donuts. Do you have right, Dunkin'? We'll, we'll, we'll tag uh, Dunkin's at this. We'll uh, we'll get we'll get the word out. Do you you do you you don't have Dunkin's over there in the UK? Do you? Or what do you have? Is it Starbucks? Not not much. Not, uh, yeah, we have Starbucks. We have we do have some Dunkin' Donuts, but it's, it's not as much. I mean, because Dunkin's is like 
Boston, right? That's that's. Kinda, it's definitely like a New um, England thing for sure. Yeah, more, more so, yeah. Because yeah. I used to live yeah. in Charlotte, North Carolina, and there was like one Dunkin' Donuts within like a hundred mile radius. And then I remember because I worked in NASCAR when we came back to New Hampshire, where, where I'm from, and there was a race here. The guys were like, "Why is there three Dunkin' Donuts at this one intersection?" I was just gonna say that. I'm like, there's six within a stone's throw. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that makes no sense. You wouldn't want to cross the road to get one, right? Right. right. <laughs> so, oh man, yeah, Dunkin's is something here. I'm not a coffee drinker, but uh, the donuts, the donuts are great. Can't deny that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you you've done some cool stuff. You're just like us. Like we're we're not fast by any means. We're 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 reasonable, I guess, and we just go out there to have fun. I I like to call it a victory lap. Like you just go out there and you enjoy your race, you enjoy your time. Mm-hmm. It's a victory lap. I've yet 100%. to dress up but i've said before here on the pod i probably will wear a skirt one day with erica i have more than enough glittery ones so whenever you want them I- i'm down for this i'll do the coffee cup you wear the skirt uh, duncan <laughs> will give us some donuts it's all good love it <laughs> i'll add some fairy wings i don't know we could yeah we can make it work ooh, ooh, uh, <laughs> it's, it's only if they make me fly <laughs> Well, so I did a, an ultra this past um, August, and it was right in the height of Barbie. And I made myself ultra Barbie. I was just wearing nothing but, like, bright pink. And I got so many, like, hi, Barbies, hi, Barbie. And I was so excited. Like, it totally made my race. So I am all for just having fun with it. And the more sparkle, the better. I mean, that's just me. I've not been brave enough to do full fancy dress for an ultra. I did a 50K the last weekend mm-hmm. and I did I wore reindeer antlers the whole way around see there that you was go as close it's as just something got. fun I love it yeah. I saw that you did anything that gives the crowd something to shout at you I think actually makes it more it fun is, it is everybody this was Erica's third time at this one uh, ultra marathon it's called Anchor Down and everybody knew her this time it was undeniable I would be like I could be on the other side of the field and I would know she's coming because the girl in the microphone would go here comes Barbie or she just go, hey, Barbie. And Did you go faster as Barbie? Or did you have a better race as Barbie? Um, I don't know if I would say I had a better race, but just my mood was better. I, I, it was definitely a big pick-me-up. I didn't run. No, I did not run any faster, but <laughs> it was still just cool to, I'm gonna say, to have people cheer for you. I'm going to say that's a win. I'm taking oh, that absolutely. as a win. It's a win. It was a win. It was a great. Oh, it was it was perfect. She did all her research before too. She went and, and saw the movie and got all her intel and she knew what she was doing versus just dressing up and not knowing what Hey Barbie was or Hey Ken. <laughs> totally. Go see that movie if you haven't seen it. It's it's all streaming now, but it was fantastic. I really liked it. But I digress. I've still not seen it. Oh, get on that mic. Come on. <laughs> it's worth you know it. It's, Mike, it's a good Mike, fun two hours. Mike, I'll tell you this. It's okay that you haven't seen it yet. It's not terrible. It's not great, but it goes in a direction you didn't see coming. Right. It's entertaining. Is, is, is it safe? Is it safe for my eleven-year-old daughter? Or... Yeah, eleven years. Yeah, no, my my daughter's so, seven and right? watched it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. There's no. It's, there's no. Sw- I don't even think there's really swearing in that at all. No, right? it's it just. Nah. It's a lot about. It's a lot about. Um, it turns into like help me out, Erica, but women building. Um women up because yeah, you you, you don't want to be the stereotypical barbie or the stereotypical what it was back in the day mm-hmm. good stuff oh it sounds like something i could give my daughter then okay yeah, I might, the only, I might give that a, the give only that thing you might have to explain is when they're like I, I don't have a penis 
What do you, huh? <laughs> we don't have we don't have those parts. <laughs> Maybe you watch it first and screen it, and then see if it's good enough. Well, you, so you've given me two bits of homework. I've got to build myself a Dunkin' Donuts coffee cup, and I've got to watch the Barbie movie. Okay, well, I'm, if I'm you're going to run it. Boston in the coffee cup, you at least have a, a few more months to do it. So you got some time. Yeah. So you're running Boston this year? Is that is that? You're letting us I mean, know. I wasn't planning on it, uh, but like I'm, I'm gonna have to try and get in now. <laughs> if you do, let us know, because yeah, we we're very local to Boston, and we go cheer every year, so we would love to see you if you're there. Well, so we we work with the so the BAA are a partner of ours for the Boston Run Show, love and it. they've they've been super nice to us all the way through. They're an amazing group. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm maybe maybe I could find a way in. I don't know. I might yeah. I might have to try this. Now. They have any extra bibs, send one my way. <laughs> let's get into that. We can talk more running and your running experiences later if we have the time, but let's talk about Raccoon uh, Raccoon Media and the running show and how this started for you. And, and when when did this start for you? Because if you've only been running for about 12 years, it's got to be somewhat recent, right? It, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's new. It's, uh, I mean, so the first show we ran in the UK was in 2018. Um, so we, uh, I, I've been an events guy for 20 plus years, so it's pretty much all I've ever done. So I, I organized exhibitions and I worked for big companies that do that. And I, I sort of built a career doing that, doing really boring shows. Uh, so, so what's a boring um, show though? Oh, construction, uh, fin- fintech, military like, defense, uh, blah, boring. No, no, I didn't do any of that, but it's uh, that's what but, I, yeah, think. The, I mean. <laughs> yeah, all oh, right, okay. So, the company I work for ran the largest defense show in, in the UK. So, wow. um, and you know, so I, I was doing stuff, like I had a, had a really good job, and I, I did well. Like, I started off as a junior, worked my way up, and you know, ended up running a portfolio of events, and but I it wasn't my passion I was now like getting really passionate about running and um I'd had this every events person has got like a pub idea so you go into the pub and after like 10 pints you're like this is what I'd do if I had my own thing man I'd be amazing and and mine was the running show I kind of the thing that that I thought was weird was that there were the, there were big shows for runners, but they were marathon expos mm. and they happened at the wrong time to buy stuff. Cause it was the week before the race. You're not which supposed is to do new things on race day, new things. Yep. <laughs> don't try new nutrition. Don't try new trainers. Don't buy any of that yep. a week before the race. Um, and it, but also it, like they were marathon expos. And actually running is, is way more than a marathon. There was no inclusion for people who were just getting started. There's no inclusion for people who were going beyond or doing different distances at different paces. And I just thought, actually, runners are all pretty cool. Um, and actually, they all blend together regardless of distance or time. Both runners are just decent. Um, so wouldn't it be cool to create like a meeting point for the community? That was my big idea. Um and uh i was i would wang on about this all the time like i'd have a few beers and i remember we were driving back we'd been out with some friends and we were driving back in a long car journey and uh i was having my usual this is what i should do and my wife just turned to me and went will you stop talking about it just just do it (laughs) exactly what she said um but yeah she said just do it and uh and i was kind of actually yeah screw it i will um so this building, this this shed at the end of my garden was where we started, and we um, 
we we just I, I quit my safe corporate job i took some consultancy work on the side to pay the bills and i set up the national running show which ran in january 2018 in the uk for the first time and it was it was small we had like i think we had three trainer brands there because everyone was like this is never going to work mm-hmm. but i'd hired the nec which is like the big exhibition venue and I'd hired this lady called Kelly Holmes, who you might not know, but she's a double Olympic gold medalist. Oh, and those are the first two those are the first two big expenditures, piece of expenditure that I made out of my own savings. Mm-hmm. And everyone got really excited and they all sort of believed that this was gonna work. And I was like I was like, shh, this might actually happen. And um I remember the the day of the first show. I uh, I woke up and it was snowing outside. And as an event organizer, that's death. That basically means twenty percent of your numbers are not uh-huh. coming, and uh, we're we're done for. Like I've I've taken this massive risk. I put my whole reputation on it, my whole career on it. You know, and actually the worst bit was I loved running and I'd made loads of friends through running by this point. And I was really I was going to be embarrassed that no one was going to come. And I just I was I couldn't I, I was in the exhibition before it opened, walking around talking to all the storeholders. I just couldn't look people in the eye because I thought there was going to be no one there. Uh, I was I was gutted. I was I, I, I could have cried. And I walked past past my friend who'd helped us build the show because a couple of my mates had helped me work on it to get it to get, and they they're all working for free. Um, and they went just go and have a look outside. And I walked to the front of the show and there must have been 3000 people in the queue before we'd even opened and i was just like holy crap runners are freaking awesome like it was and it was like and it was and that was the, I, was, I was literally like on cloud 9 for the the rest of the show and the show was god awful um uh, because it was it was small and it was nowhere near what i'd wanted mm-hmm. it to be but it was it was the first start right Absolutely. and that actually proved to the brands and i proved to the all of the people that wanted to talk to runners was that actually runners will come to a show like this. And once I'd done, done that sort of now that show, 27 and a half thousand people go to it in the UK. We have like 300 exhibitors. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's mega. And, and as a business, we, we now employ 40 people. We've got like a, an office. We have seven shows in the UK, three in the U S we're just about to buy a, another event business in the U S which will be another seven shows. And, yeah, we, we've just it, it's it's turned into almost like a proper company, which if you take into the fact that we ran our first show in 2018, which is not that long ago, and we had COVID in between, which was a pretty tough time for events people. Right. It's, you know, it's just I, 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 I pinch myself every day because my hobby is my job. And it's just all down to the fact that runners are awesome and they will show up if they say they will. A little snow is not going to stop us runners. I don't think so. <laughs> no, no. It's, <laughs> We're a pretty I, resilient I mean, we, we bunch. The, did you see the Boston Run show last year when it was like, it was like minus 20? <laughs> it was like the yeah. river froze yeah. and you guys still showed yeah. up. And it was like, yeah, runners are wicked. Mike, that story, I had all the feels in that story like I've always wanted to ask people about how they start a company. And when you're like, you quit your job and how do you do that? And how do you just trust the process? And I think the, the only way it really truly happens is passion. Yeah. If you're passionate about it, it's going to happen. And I had those feels for you right then when you're like, you couldn't look the guys in the eyes and you're like, Oh my God, I'm embarrassed. This is, I was like, wow. So happy it worked out. Yeah. I mean, the the whole premise of the run show is amazing because it is so inclusive for everyone. Like, no matter what starting point you're at, 
it's just you want anybody who has or wants that passion for running to to feel included and to have fun. Well, it, it, so we, we wrote down a couple of things that we wanted it to be. It was like, if you take a step out the door, you're a runner. Like, it, so it's not about distance. Yeah. And it's no matter how far or how fast you go is the other one. So that, that those are our kind of two guiding premises, if you like. And yeah. um, it, it was really important to me that it became a community meeting point and that the community was running. It wasn't ultra running or club running or fast 5Ks or whatever it was, it, it's actually just a home where anybody who liked running or loved running could come together and learn more about it and maybe get better or maybe just chat about it and, you know, make it more fun. So take me back. All right, you just had your first running show. You have two employees. You had over 3,000 people show up. It's Monday morning, the day after the show. You sit down with your two employees and are you just there in silence and awe or you're like all excited? You got the whiteboard. You're like, this is what we're going to do next time. What do we, where do we go from here? What's next? (laughs) So two things. So the first show actually had 10,000 people getting to it. Wow. You had 3,000 at the door. Yeah. So we got shot down uh, by the fire department uh, about an hour and a half after we opened because we had, we didn't have enough space for all the people. Um, You know, we're a bit more, we're a bit better at managing things now um and actually i had no employees what i had was a load of friends who i'd actually persuaded to just volunteering their time yeah this is and again this is running right like any race director who asks for marshals and things like this will tell you about it erica knows the number of people i yeah yeah, i mean they're amazing the number of people who just helped Mm -hmm. because i've been in the exhibition industry for a while and there are loads of people who i'll be forever grateful to who who just helped. And then some people like Addie, who uh, was one of my friends from university who just helped me sell the stands. She's now, she's now an employee. She's now actually got a proper job mm-hmm. here, but you know, she just gave up her time to do it. And loads of people like Darren, who's my business partner. Anyway, but, but all of these people just sort of gave their time. And to answer your question, uh, we got back on Monday and I went into I went into work mode. It was because all of a sudden it wasn't a pipe dream anymore. Mm-hmm. And I knew what to do now. Like, cause, cause I've run exhibitions for you and I, and I had a plan and I was like, I need to hire this person, and this person, and then I'm going to launch this show. And I'm going to, because it, it, all of a sudden it was, it was back to my comfort zone, but I, I want, I've never been more uncomfortable than that first show. And I guess it's like your first race because mm-hmm. you are fully exposed. It's, it's like the biggest party you could ever organize. Um, and you lay out all of the drinks, you've got everything lined up, and you've no clue if anyone's going to come. Everyone said they're coming, mm-hmm. but some of your mates are a bit flaky. There are some of the guys that you don't know, and you're like, is, is this going to happen? So, but but after the first one, it just, it was actually quite easy because you knew what you'd done wrong, and you had something to work from, and you were like, okay, I need to grow this. And, you know, if I, we, we sometimes compare the floor plan from the first ever run show, which is now like, I mean, 10% of what the current floor plan is. It was it was so shoestring. And I look back and I go, how the hell did that even work? Um, but it's a start, right? Mm-hmm. And once you've got a start, you, you can go forward. That is just amazing. And we're it- so looking forward to uh, the brunch show that's coming to Boston this year. It's So this is going to drop... This is mid-January, so it's only going to be a couple weeks away from when this this episode Ten days away. Ten days, yeah. If you're listening right now, the Boston Run Show is ten days away. And let's – how did you move the running show across the pond then over here to the States? And why did you choose Boston? It's because we're wicked awesome, I know, but tell us (laughs) us why. So in – 
through the various iterations of the business growing, we brought in some other people and some investors. And some of those guys are really experienced. And, and one of them is my, my current chairman is is a guy called Doug, who's, who's a good friend of mine. We He's a passionate runner. And he and I have done some mad challenges together. We just ran the West Highland Way, which is like this 96-mile ultra across a couple of mountain ranges. He's, he's a badass runner. And... He, but he was like a proper exhibition guy. So he's he's been in the industry way longer than I have. He built his company and sold it for a billion dollars. I mean, the guy's like not me. He's like he's like a grown up. Uh, and, not us and either. He, he he sort of came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but he's he's the loveliest man. He's the most unassuming man you would ever meet. He's just a brilliant guy. But when when he invested, he kind of came in and he was like, "You you really need to think about the U.S. because I'd always thought about going into Europe." And he was like, no, the U.S. is the biggest market in the world. You, you should go out there. There's a big running culture. And I was kind of, yeah, that, that actually makes sense. And so we that was pretty much the thought process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, then we started looking at it. We did some research. And I was like, okay, I could do 10 of these. I could do – there were certain states that were quite open that we could look at. And we, were, we started with Boston because it's easier to work from the U.K. to Boston, just time difference, mm. but also – Boston's where most of the brands are based. You've got one of the biggest marathons in the world there. You've got probably one of the biggest running cultures in in the states. Um, you know, it, it is it is a runner's city, and yeah, we it just felt right. Um, we also launched Chicago and LA. Um, we we had to pull those because of COVID because we couldn't get them off, but mm-hmm. we will probably go back and do those again. But Boston, we we were in, and we were like, yeah, actually, this is just working, and the brands loved it, the people loved it, and we we're like, yeah, let's just go, and it, it it went really well, despite you guys very kindly arranging the coldest day I think you've ever had in Boston. <laughs> You're welcome. We did it just to test you to see how it would come out. <laughs> like if they come back after this, they're one of us. <laughs> I have never been that. I I went for a run uh, the day before the the real cold snap hit, and I was like. That's the coldest I've ever been. My face hurts yep. being outside. What do they call that? The, the polar vo- hit- vortex or something? Or is that like a bomb cyclone? I don't know what they want to call that, but it was for it, it was like that. I'm pretty sure I saw a polar bear walking around outside the exhibition center. It was, <laughs> it, <laughs> right. it was pretty damn cold. But actually what amazed me was, and, and we had, at that one, we had Carl Lewis opening. Mm. And like Carl Lewis is, like you know an all-time legend and to be honest for me if the show had failed and i got to meet carl lewis it was fine uh it was like because <laughs> what a dude um but actually people just showed up again it's like it, it's it's like when we did the running show in the uk um and it just it just made me think actually there's a lot of differences in the uk and the us there's a lot of differences in the way the brands work the way the retail market mm-hmm. works the type of running you guys do but actually there is just one thing that's synonymous which is runners are cool and they show up um and you know that that really happened and then we look at this year and i'm kind of like actually so we've got michael johnson this yeah, year I saw that. which is epic. yes it is and you know i mean when are you going to get a chance to meet michael johnson and have a picture taken with him and just ask him whatever you want to ask him um I, to me that's forget everything else forget all the cool stuff just meeting Michael Johnson is wicked, but there is other stuff to do. Um, but for me, that's that's a pretty cool. And I don't know if you know Scott. I mean, you're into ultras, so Scott. Scott Durek, so yep. I was gonna say the one guy I want to meet, and I can't wait to have on the pod one day is Scott Jurek. So I can't wait to meet him 
I have a different connection with him, but I can't wait to meet him and be like, yo, dude, we know Ryan. We're yo, friends dude. with Ryan. <laughs> so we've had Scott at a show in the past yeah. and he's amazing. He's everything you want him to be. Like he came out for dinner with us. Ooh. Like he's just like, just a, such a cool guy. And actually, all the runners are it's you know and and i've never i've not met michael yet but when we had carl at the show he was due to be there for two hours and i think he stayed the whole day he went and spoke to everybody he just that's what runners are like that's what we're like that's what the people these runners who come on this podcast are like it's like hey can you give us an hour and then it's like two and a half hours later guys we got to stop it's just like we love to go and be part of these things and you'd never want to leave like i'm locking down a babysitter to go late because i'm like i'm not going to want to leave the run show on saturday early to go get my kids (laughs) i want to stay yeah and it's and and actually to be honest the bit that you'll I think people will be attracted by the big names, the Hellas DB, the Scott Jurek, the, the Michael Johnson. But actually, the people that will make you stay will be the stories that you didn't think you wanted to hear from. There are so many amazing, amazing athletes out there doing incredible things. And actually, the hardest job is the job of our content team. We have to pick who goes on stage. Um, it's it, because there's there's like literally 2,000 stories that you could put up there. Oh, yeah. But we we have people in the uk who queue up from early and then they run and they get the front seat of the stage and they literally sit and they watch every single session and and we could easily have that in the states as well because the content is so good that sounds like a day well spent to me just hearing so many different like stories i mean i I would do it (laughs) but how do you how do you choose like sitting there or or going to mingle and trying to meet new people and buying stuff and ah how do you how do you spend your time correctly is there a right way to do the run show (laughs) yeah yeah there is basically just come for two days and do everything um (laughs) there you go (laughs) we do put breaks in the content and there's a break in the lunchtime period as well so you can go and have a shop around the brands and actually that's one of the things that we do encourage people to do because a lot of the brands bring new kit. So Puma last year were there with their, um, with their sort of carbon plated shoes. Mm. And, and I, I'd not really considered running Pumas if I'm honest before that show and I tried them and they're freaking awesome. And I still run in those same shoes. Um, and I swear, and this, I'm not sponsored by Puma by the way, but I, I swear that there is like that knocked minutes off my time. Like on the shorter road stuff, oh, those they, carbon plates carbon plate. are something else. But for Puma, if they can make Molly Seidel run that fast, <laughs> I would, I would absolutely consider trying them. Honestly, they're they're insane. So uh, Puma, we've got Puma back again. We've got I'm looking, I'm looking at the list, but we see this is the advantage of the company now being a bit older. Is we actually do have good brands there. So we have Adidas, we have Asics, we have Ultra, New Balance, Saucony, Craft, Dantuff, Sketches. Wahoo, High Price, Cybex, Ufos, Therabody, loads of stuff. Oh, so yeah. there's there's like hundreds of stands High Price, Marathon Sports, uh, My Gym. Yeah. It's so many. I'm looking at it. Wahoo. It just goes on and on. Exhibitors here, sponsors. Um, the list is on and yeah. on, man. I can't wait. I'm really excited. I didn't get to go last year, so I'm super pumped up right now. Oh, you should, and, and I have to give a shout out to Marathon Sports actually, because so they're our official retail partner. So they help us get a lot of the brands into the show, and we we met with uh, Colin and Dan as it was. They've, they they're no longer as involved, but um, and they they believed in the running show right from the start. 
and uh, they've supported us all the way through and they've been absolutely brilliant and they're so ingrained in that Boston run community they really get it and for us what I wanted to happen I, I didn't want the show just to be a place where you come and you get sold to I wanted it to be a place where you could go and get correct advice mm. so we, we, we always wanted to partner with a specialty retailer. Yes. And the advantage of a specialty retailer is you know that someone's not just going to sell you the shoes because they've got the highest price point. They're actually going to sell you the thing that you're going to be able to run in effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's quite important because um, the difference between buying your trainers online and buying it from a specialist is, is, is night and day. And, you know, I'm sure you guys go to the proper places and get the proper advice. And, and, and I have, and it, Going back to my days when I ran a marathon in a pair of high techs, I suggest it's probably the better thing to do. <laughs> I do appreciate that that Marathon Sports and like the other specialty running stores will will map your foot and they could tell you what yeah. kind of shoes you need if you need orthotics in it, just anything that's going to support like a healthy running habit. Well, not a habit, but like a running form. So you can do it the right way and avoid well, injuries. And so it's totally worth it to to have somebody actually fit you for those shoes. Yeah, and it's also to explain what all the words mean. Exactly. Like, they, they use a lot of words like stack height and gate and pronation. And it's like, what do all these things mean? No one knows. Um, so you have to talk to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about to help you mm-hmm. decide. And I think it's one of the things that we can sometimes be guilty of as as people in the running industry is is using big words. And, and actually, if you can't explain something simply, then you probably don't understand it well enough yourself. So <laughs> I'm guilty if we want more... <laughs> Yeah, but if if we want more people to run and we want them to try and do better and enjoy it more, then we have to make it accessible. And that's what the show is all about. Absolutely. The show looks awesome, guys. Go check out the website. Uh, I I think many of you have tickets now. We have ours. We got ours through uh, Mary McManus. And I know there's other codes out there and everything. But the website's awesome. You can see all the brands, all the speakers. The the whole entire agenda is up there. You got on Saturday, Kelly Roberts opens the show on both days. You got like the marathon and the road stage. There's a trail and ultra stage. In the future year, there'll be an On the Runs podcast stage. Maybe uh, <laughs> you got like, like Dave McGilvery is going to be there. You guys know, Dave, um, oh. Becca PZ. I've recently been learning about Becca. She's amazing. She was just in, she just race directed a marathon in Antarctica. How cool is that? Um, wow. There's so many cool people. Laura green, previous guest on the pod. She's going to be there. I'm, I'm sure that's going to be a hit. So, and then like the one I can't wait to meet is Scott so- Jurek. So here's the thing for you guys as well. If you use the code podcast at the checkout, then you can get a free ticket. Ooh. So anybody listening to this, if you use podcast at the checkout, we'll give you a free ticket. We'll have that in the show notes. That's awesome. All right, guys, come down to the Boston Run Show. We're going to be there. Eric and I will both be there. Both days, hopefully, fingers crossed, definitely one for it's me. January what, 27th, 28th? It's the Did 27th. Right? Yeah, 27th and 28th at the Heinz Convention yes. Center. Has it always been been at the Heinz Convention Center for you? Yeah, we've we've. This is our second edition, so we've we've always been at the Heinz so far, and it's and it's been really good for us. So we've we've got a couple of other shows now. We do a a snow show and an outdoor show, which we run at the BCEC. Um, but we're we're very all of our US stuff at the moment is all in Boston, and it's you know we. We, we're, we're pretty loyal to those venues. They're pretty good to are us. You, are you a big um, – I know you're a big outdoor enthusiast, but are you big into skiing and snowboarding? It's it's not really my thing, if I'm honest. Uh, we've got some other guys in, in the company who are. Um, I've tried it. 
I, I feel like it's me. Um, and I, I particularly feel like the Apre scene is very me. <laughs> right. um, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's putting the time in to do it. Cause my, I mean, my running takes up so much and I run rain or shine. Um, and it's, you know, it, I want to be good at it if I do it. And I know that sounds really, but I, yeah, I, I really want to put some time in. And I think maybe when I've got a bit more time, that's definitely next on the list. My worry is if you if I ski, I'm going to hurt myself somehow. And if I hurt myself, I'm not going to be able to run. So I had to pick and choose my sports and I'm sticking to running. That's where my passion is. I could take or leave skiing, snowboarding, other things. So we, we have a massive, massive crossover, actually. We have a lot of the skiers in particular use running in the off season for their fitness. So it kind of tends to flip the other way. I should also just um, say I'm not good at skiing and stuff so i'm just like nope nope just leave it <laughs> it's not for me well look if you're into the skiing if you want to come to the snowbound show we've got that one as well for you guys I so that, that's on in come november and support i would just be there you can for come that with the me cute and hats I can be and like, mittens and that kind of thing you can come with me and i'll be like yo check out these thousand dollar boots they're amazing because they like do this and all yeah, i love it i'm a big skier well, that makes like, me feel better about spending like 250 dollars on a nice pair of carbon plated shoes <laughs> But my ski boots. Okay, let's let's not talk about how many pairs of shoes we own because I'm going to get in trouble. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's not because I have way too many and I'd rather not expose myself to. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I, I'm, I love skiing. I, I've been to similar uh, ski and snowboard shows uh, in, in recent years as well. So uh, I want to go back to the Boston Run show, though. Week before, weeks leading up to the Boston Run Show, like we're ten days out right now. When everyone's listening, what is going on? What is you, you and your team doing to prepare now that you're probably moving into the venue and you're getting set up, ready to go? Yeah, so we we usually get in a day or two days beforehand. So Ooh. what people don't see is like we build like a mini city, like in days and. It's, it's very different working in the US to the UK. So there's lots of different restrictions and regulations. Um, and it's honestly, it's terrifying. It's like, because you're the, you're the English guy, right? And you think you're, you're very reliant on your partners and you just have to trust them. And actually, luckily, the partners we've got were brilliant and, and really looked after us. But it's, it's, we have an operations team and their job is to coordinate all of the contractors and make sure they all show up. We have obviously a last minute, oh my God, the whole of Boston's now an icicle. How's everybody going to get there? Do we have to do some travel messaging and things like that? We have a marketing team at that point are dealing with probably 200, 300 emails or social media messages a day from people who've got very specific questions about how do I get there? When can I see this person? How can I see this brand? So they're working through that. The content team are dealing with all kinds of issues. Um, so we had one speaker who arrived 10 minutes after the show closed. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, not through a fault of his own. Absolutely no problem at all to do with him. He just, and he did everything to get there. And he got there 10 minutes after the show closed yeah. just because plain. So we, we have all of that kind of, and then we have our sales guys who are sort of liaising with all of the brands and the clients and trying to make sure that they're looked after in the run up to it. And, and then me, who's just basically annoying all of them, um, just asking like all the questions they don't want to be asked, and uh, and and going, I've spotted this this spelling mistake on page twenty three of the Dialist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like my show notes. Generally, I think <laughs> I'm the I think spell prefer checker, it when yeah. I'm not. <laughs> but I was going to say it, it's just a full on. It's it's so busy, and actually, 
what I think people miss is, so we've got our big running show in the UK and we've got our big running show in Boston, both at the end of January. So our team are working over Christmas, you know, and working really hard to do it. And they work so hard and they, they genuinely have such passion. And it started out as a group of mates and we've, we've, we've kind of kept that vibe in the office, even though we're, we're a much bigger business now. But most people actually, they if they don't love running, they love one of the other sports that we do. Um, and, you know, they, they, they are so keen and dedicated and passionate and they just really do their best. And they so if you see any of them at the show and you've enjoyed it, please tell them because it makes such a difference to them to hear something nice. And inevitably, you only ever hear a small amount of nice and then the one or two people who've had a bad time, you like hear them, them loud and it's so true. I always try to say thank you. I do too. I always try to say like great job. Yeah, and I think look, most people are pretty cool. I like 90% of people have not a bad word to say and actually even the people who have had a bad experience, well you need to hear that stuff, right? Because it helps you improve and I think if you if you're arrogant enough that you don't want to hear the negative feedback, your your show's going to die pretty quickly. Um so we we do want to hear that stuff too, but if you see them please just say well done because they're awesome people. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, productive like criticism is good, but just be like, oh, yeah. the weather was 20 below. The whole thing you sucked. You can't control the weather. sandwich it. You do a yeah. compliment, the little constructive criticism in the middle, and then another compliment at the end. Just a point. See, we, we call it something different. It's not, it, it's not a compliment sandwich in the UK, but, you know, it's close. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You it's put like, the bad bit in the middle. Uh, it's like everyone everyone there is doing their best to put on a good show for you. They're not like, no, nah, I want a crappy show. So I always say thanks for for putting yeah. on a good show and I can't wait to go to your show in a couple of in a couple of uh, weeks here. We talked to Dave McGilvery about the prep that goes into the Boston Marathon and they start to prep 14 months before the race. How long uh, in advance, are you guys prepping for the Boston Run Show every year, or just any any big run show? Do you start the very next day after the show closes, or are you like you already began? It starts before. Yeah, so before we go on site, we've already got next year's venue sorted, and we've already got some of the brands and the retailers and some of the headline speakers already confirmed. So it's usually thirteen, fourteen months ahead. Um, now, bearing in mind, we're now doing. Well, next year it'll be 17 shows. Um, like that's it's a team of you know, still a small team that runs that, mm-hmm. and within that team, you've got the finance, the operations, the content, the marketing, the sales, um, and then the general management guys. So it's, they they are spinning plates so fast, and they're they're brilliant. They're an amazing bunch of awesome people. And look, we've got the best job in the world. So don't cry for us. We we like you know we get to do really cool stuff. But it, it, it's it's intense. It's hard work, and it's 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 quite high stress. And you never know like how it's going to go until the show opens. Like right. as I said before, it's that big party. Everybody says they're coming. You've signed them all up, and you know we've got tens of thousands of people signed up for the Boston Run show. But until they're there, uh, you know they're not there. So it, it is it is it's always a, a gamble. But when it pays off, oh my god, it's it's the rush like crossing the marathon for the first time. <laughs> So you said that you have the the Boston Run Show and the UK Run Show both in January, the end of January. So are you staying over there to handle the UK side and you have your team over here doing Boston or will you come over here too and kind of juggle between the two? 
Well, so we're getting to the point now where I'm apparently not needed at every show um, or any show, according to some of the guys. Uh, so we're trying to decide which shows I, I go to and, and actually limit because I can't go. I've got a young family. I can't go to every show. So at the yeah, moment, you can't be in everywhere at once. Yeah. Yeah. So the moment Joe, who's my COO, is, has she said she's going to the, the Boston Run show and I'm going to do the UK one. But Michael Johnson. <laughs> uh, right. So I'm kind of like. I'm kind of like I need. I'm, I'm trying to find an excuse to go, and I haven't found one yet. <laughs> but I really want to go. Well, you got to come <laughs> meet like, us. Is that a good enough excuse? Yeah, I don't you know. go. <laughs> well, I feel like we need to have a very important business meeting about this Dunkin' Donuts costume, right? Absolutely. Uh, so <laughs> we got to make sure your your um, your costume is going to be accurate and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to go to an on-site Dunkin' Donuts in Boston. Like you, you can't, you can't do a Dunkin' yes. Donuts in the UK. Not we got to We got to look at the cup. Point. We got to get a good reason. visual. Got to take multiple pictures and angles. Maybe look at the styrofoam cup versus the plastic cup. This is a big deal. It is worth the expense to come. I love it. To come to Boston. This is why we're going to be friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you guys, we're yes. going to be friends. And then we'll come but, to but the I UK just, one I'm, day. I'm, Oh, well, please do. I mean, we'd love to have you over. I mean, the UK shows, yeah. I mean, if you're ever in the UK, we've always, I mean, we seem to have a show every five minutes now, but um, yeah, it, it would it would be, it's going to be really sad if I'm not there uh, for me. I don't think they will mind. I think the team will actually quite like it. Um, but I, because I'm a fan, I, I love this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely, for me, I would pay to fly out there to do it to see the brands to there's so much cool stuff to do it isn't just shopping there's like loads of interactive things you can do in workshops and gain analysis and testing and dietary stuff and you know it's all the kit tech nutrition advice and races those are the kind of the the things that you do um and then the speaker program and just the opportunity to be amongst runners for a weekend for me is is a holiday um if I go, I will take over and be a control freak. So they probably don't want me to come, but I really want to go. <laughs> I just want to shout out a couple of the other brands or exhibitors I see here that we know and familiar and we're uh, and that we're very familiar with. The Boston Bulldogs Running Club. We know a lot of guys who are in that running club. Clarence yeah, Delmar Marathon is going to be there. Um, Ufos is going to be there. Of course, we love Ufos. Big and, fan. and the other one I saw that I thought was interesting, but I love. Sherloaf Mountain's gonna be there. I'm gonna go Sugar over there Loaf. and be like, "Yeah, it's a place I love okay. to ski." So go. I'm gonna be like, "Yo, what's up, Sugarloaf?" So this is a big thing. A lot of these, a lot of these ski resorts in the off season um, are repositioning themselves as as outdoor adventure areas, and and actually they've they've got great places to run. They've got great places to hike and other activities to do too. So it, it's 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 really interesting to a venue that you maybe have seen in a particular light if you're a skier or a snowboarder um you go actually i can do so much other cool stuff there so i think it's great that they're there and i'm i'm hoping we get other resorts taking the same approach well it's exciting i'm super excited i can't wait to go to the run show in a couple of days and so you said joe will be there but mike i think you're gonna be there mike because your guy michael johnson's gonna be there you're gonna be there I, I, I believe in it. I <laughs> Make it work, it. Mike. Make it work. Okay. Well, I, I, I hope so because I, I think we need to chat about this Dunkin' Donuts stuff, Absolutely. right? And I need to tell you how I found Barbie. Ah, uh, uh, this has been fun. Uh, you mind? You ran. I want to ask you this. We we'll go back to running here. You ran four ultra marathons in four days. <laughs> yeah. 
that was um you know when you have friends who are a bad influence uh, yes so I got, <laughs> hello i'm the yeah, bad influence so, <laughs> so i have this friend uh susie shaw and she's she was um over here she was a pop star she was in a, a band uh who had a pretty successful career and uh, she's she post that she sort of talked quite openly about mental health and how it was quite a tough time and she now uses running as, as sort of a, a way to sort of move beyond that and we did a an event uh, a couple we, we she wanted to do something to raise awareness for mental health and raise money for and so on so we in, in the UK uh, unfortunately 19 people every day take their own life oh, and uh, that's a horrible stat and we were just kind of like well Okay, we're going to run for 19 hours, and like that'll be our way of shining a spotlight on it, getting people to talk about stuff which they don't maybe talk about. Um, so we did that. Um, that was sort of two years ago, maybe three years ago, and then this year we were like, we've got to do something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we were kind of like, she's like, I want to do four marathons in four days. I was like, nah, it's bullshit. Everybody does that. <laughs> it's like easy. let's do four ultras. Uh, so. The the premise was um, one in four people in the UK have a diagnosed mental health issue. And that's diagnosed. So clearly the problem is much bigger mm-hmm. than that. Um, so at the start of each day, we would roll a four-sided dice. And if you got a one, you ran 50 miles. And if you got any other number, you'd run 30 miles. That's a cool game. Uh, and that was – so it's kind of like one in four. So not only was it four ultras in, in four days um, – but it was it was the jeopardy of not knowing whether it was fifty or thirty. That's a huge like, jump I, too between thirty miles and fifty well, miles. Like, and, and then you're cheering, and then you go, "I'm cheering a thirty miler," uh, and I've just run. <laughs> let, me, let me get thirty. Let uh, me get thirty. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's like this is not, and 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 we did it, and we ran from Manchester down to London, um, and it was we 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 only got one fifty, which we were very happy about. Um, but we made like a documentary about it, and it was oh, it no was way. just. It was so fun. It was like it was. It, we had this. We had a crew of people who all again volunteers who helped out and shout out to Jules who ran the logistics of the whole thing. Um, it was it was a weird like eighteen to thirties holiday for ultra runners. Um, it, it was kind of we all just became really close. We we ran through some random parts of the UK that I've never run through before. And the the routes were all plotted and we had a 30 or a 50 mile route, which we would download that morning. So the dice roll was done that morning. You and we got know what you're four different celebrities. <laughs> okay. <sighs> no clue. Didn't know what shoes to wear. Didn't know any of it. And it was, and, and actually Susie is like one of the toughest, most resilient human beings I've ever met. And she'd never done anything like this. I mean, I've, I've run a few ultras. Uh, I mean, she, I, I think that was her, was that the second I think the only time she'd ever run an ultra before was on the 19 hours so this was her second and through to fifth ultra um and this and what an incredible and and I will be her her personality was in, incredible she didn't drop once she she kept her energy really high it was all very positive there was not a question in her mind that she was not going to complete it and it was it was just, it was just really fun, and it was. I think when you run with people like that, and I'm, it's hard to pick running partners, mm-hmm. right? Um, but actually, to spend four days running four ultras and very little sleep, and staying in different hotels, and eating out the back of a car, and you know, 
you know, we went through a lot. Yeah, you really get to know somebody when you're spending that kind of time with them, especially while running, because we all know what can happen on the runs, (laughs) literal runs. Hey, mm -hmm. it's a lot. It's a lot. But hey, you, you. You've you've all had like an ultra strop, right? When you you're in an ultra and you get really just you just hate everybody, oh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it's like that that happens. And I remember on the third day, which so we'd done a we we did a thirty, then we did a fifty on day two, and then day three was a thirty, and I was dying. I just I I couldn't eat anything. Oh, it was it was quite hot, and I couldn't take anything on board, and I was just so grumpy. And one of the crew members turned up with meatballs from subway in a pot because mm-hmm. i couldn't eat bread I, I just couldn't and for some reason these were the only things i could eat and i i think i ate six of them i think i ate them whole because i was so hungry <laughs> and i went from being what can only be described as a horrible person um into someone who was really happy and i was skipping down the trails in the space so subway meatballs um maybe i'll dress up as a meatball and run the boston <laughs> marathon um <laughs> But it's like just, a switch, though. Like once you get some fuel in you, and you can actually like keep it down and start absorbing it, like <laughs> the the switch flips. It, nutrition is just so tough, and it's so personal. I remember my first ever ultra, and I was such a novice. Like they were giving out like oranges and melons at the aid station. I was like, I really want that, and so I rang my crew, and I was like, the next time I see you, can you get some fruit? And they're like cool and they they didn't really know either they would because it wasn't like proper ultra crew it's just my friends yep. and so rocks we, we got these plums uh from the supermarket i was like cool so i ate eight plums uh 30 miles into a 50 mile race and i was like eight plums 30 miles in a 50 mile race is not it's not a good idea mm. uh it's like i felt like i'd been punched in the guts for the entire way around it was awful, but yeah, if you get your nutrition wrong, it can it can really screw you up, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, that is a roller coaster. I I commend you for doing that, though. I that is just a lot of running. I I mean, though, once you do your fifty miler and you go back to a thirty, you're like, yes, I only have thirty to do today. <laughs> it's all about perspective, right? <laughs> well, it's it's all about recovery, and actually, so I did seven marathons in seven days. A, a while ago um and and actually i didn't recover properly mm. i didn't I, I, it's, it's about the sleep it's about the stretching it's about actually massage and, and doing all of those things right and and i was by the end of that week i was creaking up i could barely get up and down stairs i was you know i had to put these really aggressive calf um uh, guards on my achilles so that like because my achilles was so swollen um and uh but on the four ultras in four days, at the end of it, I was actually all right. Um, I was I was moving fine and I was I was doing okay. And the reason was because I was recovering properly. And we had a physio with us the whole way. Um, David Shaw, amazing guy, um, and he would just put us back together again at night. And uh, and he donated his time for free because he was. Everyone was passionate about the charity and raising awareness for mental health, and it's. Yeah, particularly for guys, it's not a thing that people talk about. Um, so you said you did a, a documentary on this. Is this somewhere where we could watch it? Do you have it posted somewhere? It's not out yet, but it's it's going to come out this year. Okay. Um, so yeah, we have we have a YouTube channel, um, the Run Show TV, which where we've released a couple of films, and that's kind of one of my ideas. Is I'd like us to do is just follow these kind of documentaries for people who've done cool thing so we um we have a, an olympic sprinter over here a guy called ewan thomas so he was a 400 meter sprinter and he 
consistently finished second behind Michael Johnson, <laughs> which, uh, and uh, but he's you know he's got a he's got a silver medal, and uh, I mean the guy is he's very well known over here, and actually we made a documentary about him running his first hundred miler. Oh wow! And actually, so that one's out there, so you can see that one. And I ran with him, so I was a late sub in to help because our other friend who was supposed to be running it couldn't because she had work commitments so she had to sort of do that so I was kind of like yeah I can I can help him run we did the training runs together I did the 50 miler and you know I felt great and he was struggling and I was like I'm gonna be amazing I'm totally gonna help you out here mate I'm, I'm that guy that's when running teaches you a lesson uh it's so this film which um so this is the only race I've ever DNF'd. Oh. And uh, the film, this the whole thing's caught on film, which my friends love. And uh, so I get 50 miles through this race where I'm the guy that's supposed to be helping the new guy, right? And 50 miles in, it's really hot and I'm all over the place and I'm struggling. I'm like, I'm just going to like have to have a little lie down. Like, so I lay in... There's no shade in this this route, it's the South Downs Way. And so I'm lying under a hedge trying to like get cool to cool myself. Down. This dog comes up and starts licking salt off me. And I was like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. Oh, <laughs> man. Is... So and credit to you, and I mean, he was nowhere near in ultra shape. He should never have been able to do that race. And he was in bits. His his foot was actually already injured. He's got quite a serious foot injury now oh, off no. the back of it. Um but he um he he finished the race and, and that is the difference between an olympian and, and an ordinary person like me is he was able to just find another gear and he was he was barely moving at the end of it but he did not stop and he he was 20 minutes away from the cutoff i think three checkpoints out mm-hmm. so everyone was like well he's done and then he started picking it up and he picked up the pace and it was like, this is a hundred mile race, which is really hard to do. And for a guy who had never previously run beyond 50 miles, and he'd only run 50 miles once. And frankly, he'd whinged the whole way around. Um, he'd hated it. And, and it just shows that those guys are just, your brain can just take you to another gear. Mental toughness. It's hard to come by, but once you have it, oof, that's great. It's great. <laughs> So I'm going back to that race this year, actually. That's that's, that's gonna... my race. It's the only race I've ever failed. And, and I'm like, I, and, he, and he said he'll come and run the last 10 miles with me. There you go. I was just going to ask, what is next for Mike Seaman? Like you had the DNF, so you're going back to this race. Uh, what else do you have on deck coming up? You love these ultras. You just randomly did a 50, or well, maybe it wasn't random. You just ran a 50K the other weekend. What's coming up next besides on the running front, not with the run show, but for your personal running adventures? Yeah, I've got a few. So I, I, I'm going to go back and do Paris, I think. Um, I tried, I'd like to see a, if I could do a reasonable marathon time. My fastest time is still 3.47, dressed as an elephant. That's um, amazing. <laughs> I kind of think I can probably go faster if I'm not dressed as an elephant, um, although I'm not sure. Um, I mean, if you run on but, your two legs, you would, but if you're running on all four like an elephant, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, I just I, I want to see what I'm, um, you know, I'm getting a bit older now, so maybe I've got my left, but I'd like to give it a go. You're probably the fastest elephant ever, actually, because we had <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if you know Brittany Charbonneau, but we had Brittany on. Brittany is the like the Guinness Book of World Records fastest ever twenty miler by a, by a crustacean a crustacean. And she dr- ran as a lobster. 
and won the race. Oh, I love her. Yeah. She's great. I need to, I, I need to be friends with her. Like she's she my new amazing. bestie. <laughs> her and I just clicked too, but she's just she's got a fun personality. Like she she's uh her Instagram is funny runner. 26.2 or 26.2 and she loves dressing up as like Abraham Lincoln like I can't even describe half of the costume she does she's great look her up so at the end of the lobster run was she a little crabby uh-huh. um, <laughs> sorry. well she I'm won the sorry. race but she said she had a hard time opening up the gel packs with her with her claws so yeah she might have been a little crabby <laughs> oh amazing it's okay well, yeah. So I've got I've got Paris. I've got um, I've got a hundred k race books in. I've got a hundred miler, um, which is the South Downs hundred that I haven't done. And I'm crewing. A friend of mine is doing the Keys one hundred. So, um, and yeah. So I did the Daytona one hundred last year, oh, um, wow. which is which is epic, by the way. I mean, we just had a friend finish lines, this straight... year. Yeah, yeah, our buddy Maurice. Yeah, Maurice, yeah. the marathon panda, just uh, completed the Daytona one hundred the other week. The Marathon Panda? Why the Marathon Panda? He's a big fan of pandas. <laughs> okay. Did he do it dressed as a panda? Uh, he might have had a hat on with the, the like panda he, ears, but that's probably had, the extent of his panda Yeah, he definitely had that. He has the t-shirt. He actually had, if you didn't notice, Erica, the On the Runs t-shirt there in Daytona too. But no, he's I the did. Marathon Panda. He runs the Boston Marathon in a purple suit every year. For Help Me Out, Erica, what was the foundation? He used to do it for the Rhett, the Rhett Foundation, Rhett Syndrome. But he I does it. The Heron it. Project. It's the Heron, Heron Project. Project. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's for that's for drugs and alcohol abuse. So he does that and, and raises money for that. And he he runs. He's on like a oh on January first is eight years of him eight running every day in a row streak. outside. Amazing. That's so cool. You will love this if. If you ever meet meet this guy, meet either Brittany Charbonneau or Maurice, you're gonna love these two people. I like I like I like the sound of all of them. I want to be friends with all of them. Um, but I think what you've touched on there is something that I think is also cool about running is actually we do all this stupid stuff, but we also raise a ton of money for charity, and I think that's that, that's pretty cool. And you know, if that that will be the reason that I always try and do something different every year is because I want to just it's putting something back into the world, right? I love it's it. like so. Yeah, I think it's cool. Good for you, Mike. <laughs> Sorry, I, just, I went all preachy then. Didn't no, I? no, <laughs> that's what we love too. If like running gives us so much, and we just need something to do, something to give back. And and you're absolutely right. If there's any opportunity to do that, I'm all for it. Yeah. So Doug and I, my the guy I work with, we we did a a, a run to the West Highland Way, which was that's the toughest thing I've ever done, which is the 96 miler. And um, we, we, we didn't, I mean, mainly through his friends, cause he's, he's a big business guy, but we, we raised over a hundred thousand pounds for charity That's amazing. and it's like, when else do you ever do something that is that benevolent and just good? I think it's like, so, you know, if you're out there and you're, you're running and you're, you're getting money for a charity, then like you, you are actually genuinely doing good. It's, it's brilliant. Have we lost Eric? Did we lose is he, Eric? is he gone? <laughs> Sure. He's had enough of me. Well, I hope he I'm so boring. <laughs> you are not boring, Mike. Not at all. Uh, but now I'm like, oh, where do we go up, from here? He's usually the one who uh, reels us back in. <laughs> Hold on, let's see. Should, should we close off? Should we close off the show between us? So we go. So uh, me and you are hosting this podcast now. <laughs> see, you'll see. This is totally not my strong suit. <laughs> I need I need Eric to to reel it back in. 
this is oh i hope well thanks guys for listening um i'm now the new host of on the runs podcast it's it's one of my favorite podcasts and i appreciate you all (laughs) giving your time whatever run you're doing right now keep running there you go (laughs) honestly i so are you a podcast guy normally do you listen to stuff when you run yeah i do actually i it's i go through phases so it's it's music or podcast or nothing and actually some of the the when when i it, depending on the type of run I'm on, mm-hmm. and like when you, when I start a run, often the first thirty minutes are kind of just processing work stuff yeah. or life stuff or whatever, and then I kind of like that next thirty minutes, which is kind of nothing going on. Gotcha. Um, well, he's, he's come back. I don't know what happened. My whole entire computer turned off, and I have the blue screen of death, and it goes working on updates. So I'm joining you from my phone. <laughs> I I, tr- I trusted Erica could run the show without me. I tried though. a little She'll bit. I'm not well, very good, but I was asking him about um, if he listens to stuff on his run, whether because he was going to be our new podcast host. You're, you've been replaced. Uh, yeah, so. I actually, I had to tell you, Eric, while you were gone, I've now taken over. Uh, as long so. as I can continue to produce and edit the show, I'm all for it. But we're we're trying to find out what he listens to while he runs. So we, he does like a mixture of podcasts and music, which will lead me into my my question. Should I just ask it now, you think? Go for it. <laughs> All right. I think so, Mike. This is a tough question. Good luck. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so we have a Spotify playlist, and we like to invite our guests to add a song to it. So it could be anything that gets you pumped up, just something that like you could zone out to, just anything that, that you think you would enjoy and our listeners would enjoy on a playlist. Ah, one song. Like, there's so many songs. How do you pick one? <laughs> I would go The Killers, Mr. Brightside. Oh, excellent. Um, That's a great song, and my buddy Scott is going to love you. <laughs> yeah, like, they, I, I think if you're going to pick one band, you've got to pick someone who's kind of quite coverall. But, I mean, I, I, I go for all sorts, like, and actually, I think that's that's the great thing about running is the variety of a playlist, right? right. You, you can mix it up. Have you have you made this into a playlist? Yeah. Can I download it? Yep, it's this? on um, Spotify. Um, I'm on this. Yep, because I quite like randomness. So as of right now, I still haven't completed. I had a homework assignment where when we first made this, we were just adding anything and everything to it. We'd ask the guests; they'd add their songs, but like we we personally, me and Eric, added anything we were feeling at the moment. So it's like a 24 hour long playlist. So we're going to curate it. We're going to kind of chop it down a little bit, make it a little easier to listen to. But right now, yeah, go, go for it. And uh, it's, it, we have like a link tree and you can find it through there, but it's the on the runs podcast um, on the runs playlist. I think on Spotify, you could just search it and it should pop right up. Yeah. I'll email it to you as well. That's easier. I'm on this. So my hundred miler, I'm listening to your twenty four hour playlist. I'm that doing it. Get you right through. <laughs> love it, love it. Just have on the runs all the time, and uh, we'll work on that on the run stage at one of the run shows in the future. Well, I'm going to ask my question, and it is new this year. It used to be I used to go creeping through Instagram, but we have this thing we call the Code Brown Commandments, and we're, that's that's the new thing we're trying to build. We want to get like. What every runner should know to uh, avoid a code brown. One, for instance, was like, know what poison ivy looks like. And another one would be, you know, know where the bathrooms are on the route. It could also be something like, uh, just know where you, where you going or where you been. Do you have any, uh, anything to add to our code brown commandments? 
I I'd say leave no trace. Oh, um, that's a wonderful like, one. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I I think that's probably the best thing. Like whatever you whatever you take out with you, you take back with you. It's like, um, yeah, is that, is that a good one? That's excellent, excellent. I like that one. That you want you don't want to have a negative impact. So just just leave it the way you found it. I always try to do yeah, that like even we'll... during a race. Like I feel bad throwing like anything on the ground. Like if my cup misses the the trash can, I will stop and pick it up and put it in the trash can. Yeah, I think I think it's look we we all like to play outdoors, right? And it's kind of it, it's a mutual responsibility to keep it the way we found it. Yeah. Oh, that's an excellent one. Way to go, Mike. Nice job. <laughs> I'm hanging up and I'm jumping back on. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm I'm back in the hot seat. I'm hosting again, Erica. So Erica There you go. <laughs> so what are you looking through when you're out on the run? <laughs> so I I am sadly cannot focus on podcasts while I run. Uh, I like to listen to them in the car. But th- that on the runs playlist, it's got so many different genres. Sometimes I have to find like a slow cadence, so I like like a, a slower song to listen to, but mostly I listen to EDM songs that just like well like I like to match my cadence to the the faster beats. Well, so so I'm with you on this, and I think actually cadence and music is actually quite quite an interesting one, particularly mm-hmm. on longer runs, because yes. especially if you're switching beats, like if you've got something that's really up tempo and then something that's really down tempo, yes. you can find yourself syncing with the music, and you're like, crap, I'm I'm running way faster than I should be, or like <laughs> it is, I it is really good for those tempo runs. But yeah, I find that I just zone out a lot and and I'll be listening to a song, but I won't really hear it. But my feet will just connect with the beats. So that's whatever can just keep me at a, a good pace and just steady, something steady. That's what I like to listen to. Do you ever sometimes like repeat like words to yourself or just like go into like a rhythm? Like I like sometimes I won't have music on. And I'll just be like one, two, three, four, one, two, three. And I'll do that for like an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? I had to do that, that during, it's kind of like a, a mantra. You just keep repeating it in your head. But when I, I just completed my first hundred miler last year and there was a point where I was oh, kind of in the dark place and I was just kept repeating, like, just go, just go like one foot, two foot, just one in front of the other. Like I had to just keep repeating stuff or else I was going to break down. <laughs> so it, yeah. Which hundred miler did you do? Uh, I did one in Virginia. It was called the Yeti 100 and it was. I guess kind of a beginner 100. There wasn't a whole lot of elevation. There were no mountains like your <laughs> like the hard one that you've done, but it was it was a lot of fun. Met a lot of cool people, and I think as of when this drops, I should be in it again for next year. I love the way every single runner do it goes. Yeah, I just ran a hundred mile, but it wasn't a hard one. I'm well, like, oh my god, it was hard. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but I'm just talking not a lot of elevation. <laughs> A hundred miles is a yeah, hundred miles, whichever way you slice it. She signed up because she thought it was going to be an easy hundred. <laughs> I learned a lot. It of was things. not. I know easy. what to do for next time. So my 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 friend. So I run a lot with. I have I have a friend who's an incredible ultra runner, and she's a peloton instructor. And she was the one that made me do the um the Daytona one hundred. Was it like, Susie is, Chan? Yeah, she's we she's she's Susie. a terrible friend. <laughs> No, she's, she's a wonderful she's, friend. She's the uh, the bad influence. A <laughs> hundred. She's the worst influence you can ever have. I mean, never be friends with someone who's run the marathon to sub four times, like because <laughs> they would make you feel like she's like, oh, it's just it, this is a really easy hundred. That's what she said to me, and it was 
it, it's 100 miles. And to be fair, even I couldn't get lost and I'm terrible at directions, but because you just keep the sea on your left. Um, but it was it was pretty much road the whole way, which I'd never done for that distance. And it was brutal. And obviously she made it look easy because she's an incredible runner. And I just about scraped my ass over the, over the finish line. And I was hallucinating. I saw giant flamingos where there were palm trees. I saw all <laughs> kinds of stuff. It was like, but yeah, I, I, do you know what? She's, she's one of the most inspirational people I've ever met. Um, and she's a flipping awesome runner. So yeah, she'd be great on your podcast, actually. You should get her on. I'm a big fan of Susie. I actually have a Peloton shirt on right now, but she is awesome. I take oh, a lot of go. her classes. But yeah, I was following along with her um, when she did Badwater. And that is just such an incredible race. And the fact that she finished it with a smile, ugh, I don't know how she did it. That's intense. She, she is different gravy, that lady. <laughs> um, she... She, I funny story about that race because uh, she was she was getting her like tight. We run together. There's a group of us that run quite a lot together, and she was kind of like picking her like elite people, the people she could really trust to come and crew her because you can only have a certain yeah. number. And Badwater is obviously quite hot. Oh yeah. Um, and I am horrific in the heat. I can't like I'm like if it's twenty degrees plus, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I, I melt. Um, and I was like, oh. and I was like, Susie, I just, I don't know how to say this, but I don't think I'm going to be able to help you crew. And she went, I don't know how to say this, but I wasn't going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're both I'm nowhere honest. near that level. <laughs> I'm nowhere near it. I mean, she is light years ahead of where I would be on that. And, and actually just looking, I, I don't think I could have run five miles in that heat. And for her to be able to do 135 over a couple of mountain ranges. Yeah, they call it the world's <sighs> toughest foot race for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and what a race. I mean, it, it, it's so brilliant. I, I don't know if people here maybe follow it, but if you don't, if you've not heard of it, look at look up Badwater 135. It is, when it's on, it's hard to get information. You have to kind of scrape it from different places, but that kind of adds to the mystique. It's just right. what an incredible race. Susie, if you're listening, well done. <laughs> Keep it up. Yeah, I'll tell her. I'll tell Please her. do. But Chris Cosman, who's the race director, is is also yeah. one of the nicest guys. And actually, he was at the Daytona 100 when we were there, and he was there running an aid station, you know, part of the community in the middle of the night, giving out food to idiots like me who hadn't fueled properly. And it just, just like, you know, that's what I love about running and particularly the ultra scene is – even the guys who are responsible for these big, magnificent like races, they're they're still in it. They're still part of the community, just like we are. Like mm-hmm. they're they're just like us. Shout out volunteers! Yes, we need you. We love you. You're amazing. The world, <laughs> the ultra world, would not uh, run without you. Quite literally. Heck yeah. Shout out to everybody out there, every runner, anyone who works and helps and volunteers in the running community. You guys are rock stars. You really are. And yeah, Badwater is a badass race. We've had on some people who've done Badwater, both who've ran Badwater and crewed at Badwater. And it is a badass race that... um, that might scare <laughs> scare scare me one day, but I think I really want Erica to do it, and Let's I want to go there to and, and be Just part get, of that. <laughs> Just getting in is tough enough. I mean, it is it's yeah. so hard to get into, and you know, it's it's beyond me. I you I'm, I'm fully it. accepting you it. You really have to earn your place. 
Yeah. And, and, and I know guys who've done it who are incredible runners and not succeeded. Mm-hmm. And I know guys who've done it who've, who've succeeded and, you know, it, it leaves a mark. I think that that kind of race does leave a mark. So you've got to, you've got to be ready for it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, this has been awesome, Mike. This has been truly a pleasure talking to you and learning all about every everything about you but not just about you but like your company raccoon media and the boss and the running show the boston run show everything that goes into it i want to give you one more opportunity here to pump the tires for your media company for the running show for boston uh for a future chicago or la show uh pump the tires tell everyone what you want them to hear i would just say look if you're a runner um and you're part of the running community and you you want to be around people who think like you and who are like you and you want to be inspired, um, then get on down to the run show. It is it is a place where everybody is welcome. It doesn't matter if you are if you think you're a starting out or you think you're really good, uh, hopefully it's home for you. It's like as long as you're a runner, then you are welcome there. So come on down. Um Boston Hines, uh twenty-seventh, twenty-eighth of January. We would love to have you there. Use the code podcast on the website and you will get a free ticket. And we hope to see you there and I will meet you all there because I'm totally coming because I can't stay away. Let's do it, Mike. (laughs) It's official. It's going to happen. Mike is coming to the Boston Run Show. Breaking news on the On The Runs podcast. His wife doesn't even know yet. Not a big deal. I am going to die. She will kill me. Bring her with you. (laughs) Family trip. There you go. She'll definitely kill yeah. me. Hey. <laughs> and Mike, Mike, I, 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 I'm sure you don't need it, but I always like to offer. Erica has a spare bedroom at her house. <laughs> Thanks, it's a wonderful Erica. bed in my podcast very, studio right here. <laughs> that was very kind of you to offer that all by yourself. <laughs> but honestly, offer stands. She does but it I'm all sure, the time. I'm sure you want to be close to all the action. We're 45 minutes outside of Boston, but still, <laughs> if you're desperate, you're welcome to it. <laughs> and Mike. And to save your life, if your wife was going to kill you and you don't come, I hope we do get to meet you and work together again someday. And maybe we'll just come to the UK and come to your show. That would be a blast. I will have to take my, at least my daughter to be like, all right, I got one of the kids. You have the other two. But uh, she would love to go. I would love to go to London I've or the UK. I've never been across the pond. So I'd love to go and check it out one day. Well, look, anybody who's listening to this who wants an excuse to come to the UK, the National Running Show is on in January, the week before the one in Boston. So it'd be the 20th and 21st. So so head on over for that one. If you want to come to Birmingham in the UK, I'm sure we can make it happen. <laughs> love decisions, it. decisions. Love it. This has been a pleasure. It really has been a pleasure to get to know you, Mike. Thank you for this opportunity. Thanks for your team for reaching out to us. That was really, really cool for us as we are a a growing and expanding podcast. And we're just, we have so much fun. And I think you had a lot of fun on here with us. I hope you had a lot of fun on here with us because that's just the way we try to do do, do our show. So thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are awesome. And yes, I did have loads of fun. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys like spreading the word and just chatting to me, really give me an excuse to talk about running for a bit. It's great. That's what we love to hear, Mike. And you know, we love to, to talk about running just as much as the next person. So the the whatever we can do to help you out is awesome for us. And we love to do it. Oh, you guys rock. <laughs> Everybody, I really hope you enjoyed that. Mike Seaman, from the Boston Run Show on the On The Runs podcast. What a pleasure that was. Mike, you are so incredible. It was such a blast talking to you. You are just a wealth of knowledge. You've got so many stories 
I, I mean, I can't wait to check out that documentary about the ultra you were telling us about. We follow his YouTube I, channel now, by the way. I do, yeah. I do, me too. Personally. Well, we do. I say yeah. we, the, the podcast page. <laughs> but me personally, I'm going to be keeping my eye out for that. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I I really hope that you uh, do decide to take an impromptu trip to Boston. I mean, let us know. We'd love to see you. Yeah, I know. I know you said your wife might kill you, but take the chance. Come to Boston, dude. Come to Boston, or if not, if you want to live, okay, I get it. We'll meet you another time. But I really can't wait to like, like we vibed with him, and and we kind of joked about the co-host thing. He's like, hey, you know, Eric, when Erica goes on vacation again, Eric, if you want a co-host, I'll come on. Like, yeah, Mike's our people. He is our Let's people. Book him for June, man. I'm gonna be going away, so. <laughs> That's right. You got your hundred miler. That's right. All yeah. right, Mike. Uh, put June. Put June <laughs> on your calendar. Uh, that was yep. so much fun, guys. Boston Run Show in a couple on the twenty seventh and twenty eighth. If you haven't gotten a ticket yet, and you can get them for free, if you use the code podcast on checkout. If you don't get them before the show, you have to pay at the door. So get your free tickets. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to need to take a a trip out to uh, England sometime soon and. Maybe Mike and Susie will run an ultra with me, as long as it's not too too hard. I'm I'm still working on <laughs> still working on them. So let's talk about some other recent things that happened. Mm-hmm. Last week we revamped the playlist. How yes. fun was that episode? <laughs> I had a blast. I I love how we had um, Josh and Janine listening to it, or that episode that we had on uh, their drive down to to New York the other day. And the first thing you said to to them is, who had a better playlist? You know, we can't really, I don't want to compete with you, man. I mean, it all depends on somebody's taste in music, like how it vibes with us. I mean, how how do you really compare? I think people are just going to pick you for the fact to pick you. Because I truly think See, my playlist is better than yours. Me. I I like my stuff, but you have like the classic jock jam kind of stuff. It's more nostalgia, which is great. So, I mean, it all it all depends on what kind of mood you're in, and I I don't want to fight. We're, we can't we can't fight. <laughs> that was that was the one of the episodes that um in in recent months that once it uploaded and I got in my truck to go to work, I actually played right away because I wanted to like really hear how it came out with all the songs. I was so excited. And I was just like, this is awesome it was so much fun you did a great job with it that was fun you know something else that's super cool about podcasting and i we've been we've been raving about this for about a month now even though we're having riverside difficulties at the moment but riverside continues to expand and improve and their ai generated show notes have been amazing and i've been sharing Uh these with you Yes, man, it is spot on too. It it picks out every little thing that we talk about. Every little thing, all the way down to our names. And when I say this, here's the thing. You're Erica. Forever, Uh I put my name down as Newt because Eric and Erica are really cute. Uh, Are really cute. Yeah, we are really cute. (laughs) Eric and Erica are really close. And as you'll learn on Thursday when we drop the Peloton episode, somebody messed up my name. But Riverside uses the name you type in. And so it'll go, Erica and Newt talked about their their trip to the Peloton Studios in New York City, right? Mm -hmm. Got me thinking, huh, okay, what did it do for Aaron Azar? Oh my God. Do you remember Aaron Azar's name on Riverside? 
the first that was my icebreaker i'm like all right this is cool but i have to point out that your your name is pp poo poo doo doo <laughs> so oh my god i didn't even think of this so riverside thinks her name is pp poo poo doo doo so let me read this summary to you the ai generated <laughs> yes. show notes for the erin azar episode that will yes, be dropping yes, yes. on youtube soon by the way everyone Pee-pee poo-poo doo-doo, also known as I am Mrs. Space Cadet, shares her running journey journey and funny stories. Uh, further down, Pee-pee poo-poo doo-doo also discussed her unexpected experiences <laughs> meeting track and field athletes and being featured in the media. Pee-pee poo-poo doo-doo discussed her running videos and the entertaining aspects as she runs. She shares stories about blah, 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 blah. Um, Pee-pee poo-poo doo-doo, you know. Goes but on and on and she. on. They know it's she. Okay. <laughs> Pee-pee Poo-Poo Doo-Doo experiences, uh, experienced donating to the Michael J. Fox Foundation. I mean, come on. How Pee-pee funny Pee-pee is that? <laughs> oh, my God. That is amazing. I wouldn't have thought to go back to it because this was kind of a little bit before we noticed it started doing this for us. And... I mean, just being a past episode, I, I don't know if I would have realized, but good good for you. I, I, that is amazing. I wanted to come on and pump the tires Riverside because it's been amazing. But then just today. Oh, they've had so many cool updates. But today has just been a weird day. It's, I, I can't blame them. I can't blame them. But I won't blame you. <laughs> I'll just blame the guy downstairs in the living room streaming right now. <laughs> sure, whatever. Blame the Orange County Choppers because that's what he's watching. That's definitely it. That's it. It's so mm, old. Mm. The Wi-Fi has to dig so deep to pull up those old TV shows. That's it. That explains it. Uh, Here's one other thing I want to talk about before we before we close out the outro. Uh, at the end of the year, we talked about rankings. They're not rankings. We talked about reviews and ratings. Like, give us a five-star rating. Give us some reviews. And we're yeah. like, we don't even know how to find these reviews. So some people have showed me. We've got some recent ones. And I want to share... <gasps> Some Yay. of our awesome reviews. So we have five. Yay. We have five. That's amazing. So here's a recent one that came uh, the very end of the year. Love this podcast while I run. This is from Nat Namark. I'm totally getting that wrong. But Nat Namark says, love this On The Runs podcast. First, listen to Mrs. Space Cadet's episode, also known as Pee Pee Poop Doo Doo. And now I listen <laughs> every week. So thank you, dude or, or girl, whoever you are. Here's another Thank one. You. Five stars here. So fun. I'm always looking for new running podcasts, and I'm so happy I found this one. They have an awesome variety of guests from local runners to running celebs. Eric and Erica's banter is also great. Hey, we have good banter. You know that? Yay. We have good banter. It's fun to follow along with their personal running adventures. I have to hit click more. It's been super cool to see and to see them out in the wild at local races, too. That's awesome. That's from Hiking Hills. Guy named Hiking, Hiking Hills. Hills. Might be a girl. Awesome. Yeah. So we've gotten some. Here is one more I'll read to you. This is from Hey Me. It's Julie. What's up, Julie? <laughs> Princess Challenge finisher, first time listener. She goes, I was told about this podcast after I finished the Princess Challenge, my first in-person 10K in half ever. And of course, the first episode I had to listen to was about Dopey, as that is a dream of mine. I loved listening to everyone talk. The questions were great and one and ones I would want to know. And it was just super fun to listen to. Looking forward to listening to more episodes. You guys. 
You're giving me all the feels. How cool is this? We got reviews. Oh, it's amazing. I'm so excited. I'm glad you guys like us because you know we <laughs> like you right back. So <laughs> we love you all. This is fun. No, it's super cool. So like we don't we don't ask you guys every day, but I, this is a perfect time to plug it. If you mm-hmm. know how to do it, give us a five star <laughs> rating. And I feel like it's an Apple thing. Write a review. <laughs> it is an Apple thing. You but you can give five stars on Spotify. But you can't yes, leave a yes. review. At least I don't think you can. Um, there's I so much know. going on. We're working on the website. Technology challenge. Yeah, Technologically yeah. challenged. We're there working we on the website. That's going to be by the end of the month my goal. You know that costs money, really? by the way. Oh, how much? <laughs> oh, it's not. It's like they have they have tiers. They have tiers. Oh. Basically, you can go anything from like eleven to like a hundred bucks a month. We're going to be at that eleven dollars a month. Maybe the sixteen. <laughs> For a little while, okay? Yeah, that's fair. No, maybe forever because all we're doing is putting up episodes, pictures, and blog posts. We have some people who want to write some blogs. That's awesome. We got the people coming to us saying, I'll write for you. So I'm really excited. We could call it the Spare No Details running blog. You know what? That's got a nice ring to it. I like it. I, I say this all the time. I'm just so, I got so many things, but that website. That website's uh, this month. So we got the Boston Run Show the weekend after this weekend. And then we got, we're talking about Eastern States in March. So mm-hmm. there'll be some time in February. I am going on a vacation. You're going away, but we will never be gone from you guys. Episodes every Tuesday and bonus episode this Thursday. It's actually getting a number. This is a legit episode and we recorded <laughs> it in the car. It was amazing. It came out great. I'm finishing up the editing. It was so, so, so good. I'm really excited to listen myself because that is fresh right off of getting off the train, like hours after this whole experience. I mean, I was riding high and promptly was exhausted after recording this episode. I have, I don't even remember what we talked about. It was just so much fun just discussing it again in the car oh my gosh in the car in the car and at some points like the the gps is like turn left and we're like where where's it taking us oh my god there were a couple times where we're like you gotta yeah you're taking this x yeah yeah (laughs) yeah don't miss your exit did you edit edit that stuff out or is that no no it's staying in it's staying in (laughs) raw and unhinged you guys are gonna have you guys are going to have a lot of fun listening to that. I mean, I will too. And uh, <laughs> hopefully you guys like it. Yeah, you guys are going to, You, I really hope you guys love it. You guys, I think you're going to enjoy this one. But I really, uh, you know, thank you for listening to this one that you just heard. Mike Seaman, Boston Run Show. Thank you so much for reaching out to us and for giving us the opportunity to have you yeah. on. And we can't wait to meet you guys at the Boston Run Show. We're going to be there. We, you know, we don't know what day now. I think it's going to be Sunday because kids but we are going to be there and i can't wait so guys thank you don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms instagram's the main one click the link in bio you'll find the rest like our tiktok that gets updated once a month and the revamped playlist the revamped playlist subscribe to the youtube channel we are going to be dropping the aaron azar the ryan van duzer the david mcgilvery the bex gentry episodes uh by valentine's day and those are going to be up there and if you really love us and you want to help support the podcast we have some amazing patreons guys you can be a friend of the pod or lover of the pod check out our patreon page everything is in that instagram link in bio and we got it you know i know we said no otr lives until i'm done with uh hockey because mm-hmm. time and everything, we got to do another jibber jabber for our patrons. Let's do that. Oh, yeah, it's time. Let's it's time. do a little jibber jabber after the Boston Run Show. 
That's a great idea. But we need you guys all to rally and let's go to this thing. It's going to be so much fun. You're going to love it. Tons of brands there, tons of speakers. You, It's just going to be such a blast. So let's all meet up, have a blast. Come say hi. We can't wait to see you. We'll bring a lot of stickers. We'll bring a lot of stickers and magnets. Yes, we'll we stuff will. Erica's pockets with them. And if we see <laughs> any, get a sticker. If you we get a see sticker. any good spots to put a sticker out in Boston like we were in New York all weekend, we'll do that too. Excellent. So right. if you see them in the wild, take a picture and yeah. let, us, let us know. <laughs> the one <laughs> on the Londonderry Rail Trail is still there two years later. I'm like super impressed with the quality of these stickers. I'm glad nobody's come by to take it off. <laughs> Or vandalize or any of that stuff. Don't do it. No, right? Just pump the tires, guys. Pump the tires. This podcast is is so much fun. We love doing this. We love putting this out for you. And all the people we're meeting, you're all amazing. So thank you, everybody. And Erica, save this episode and take us home. Oh, this episode doesn't need saving. But you guys know we love you so, so much. We wouldn't be here without you. So as always, don't forget to stretch. And I love all you guys, and thank you so much for checking out this episode and coming on, and um, and thank you so much for just, oh my God, we suck at podcasting. <laughs> Do we, though? I, think, I mean, according to those reviews, we don't. <laughs>